Welcome to the Epiphone episode, or should I call it the Epiphode? Um, yes, today I'll be sharing with you my 10 favorite Epiphone acoustic guitars, and the prices of the guitars on this list run the gamut from $6,000 to $169. Yes, all Epis are represented here, so sit down, get comfortable, and get ready for an awesome Guitar Geek show. Hey, TAC family, welcome to episode 248 of the Acoustic Tuesday show. Yes, we are closing in on episode 250. I cannot even believe it. That will happen soon enough, but let's focus on today's episode. This show is designed to inject your guitar journey with a weekly dose of fun, focus, progress, and inspiration. A little bit later on today's show, after the main topic of Epiphone, I'll be sharing with you some comments from an episode I did long ago on Taylor Swift, an episode that, well, it stirred the pot. So I wanna look at some of those comments and share them with you. Also, you're gonna to get to see which guitar lick the TAC family is working on this week. It is entitled Fire Up the Chimney in honor of summertime grilling. And of course, your weekly dose of acoustic news awaits, which includes two very odd guitar finds on opposite ends of the spectrum, a new album coming out in September that I cannot wait for, and much, much more. But first, let's go ahead and go to the land of Epiphone. We're gonna go to Epiphone land, Epiland, Epi, Epizone. We're gonna go to the land of Epiphone so I can share with you my 10 favorite Epiphone acoustic guitars. We're gonna just dig right into the countdown. Coming in at number 10 is the Epiphone Pro 1, costing $189. This is a fantastic starter instrument. Is it the best sounding guitar on this list? No, it's not. But it's cost effective and it's a decent guitar for the price. I do recommend getting this instrument set up so that it plays even better. But nonetheless, for 189 bucks, this is a stellar guitar. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Number nine spot is held by the Epiphone Masterbuilt Frontier, coming in at $899. Now I have to be clear, this is not the USA made Epiphone Frontier, which is nearly $4,000. This is the Epiphone Masterbuilt Frontier at $899. This is an all solid wood guitar, spruce top, maple back and sides. It is a square shouldered dreadnought, and that combination alone is awesome. However, you throw in the visual aesthetic, and it's a slam dunk, in my opinion. I've always loved the Frontier. I love the pattern on the pickguard. I love the um, the iced tea burst, or whatever, whatever they call it. It's a beautiful sunburst, and it's just a visually striking guitar with a unique sound. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Coming in at number eight is another Epiphone Frontier, but not the USA-made Frontier. 
I'm talking about an actual vintage Epiphone Frontier. Now, in doing some research, you can get a vintage Epiphone Frontier anywhere between $4,000 and $6,000, depending on condition, depending on year, depending on finish, natural or sunburst. Now, this being the case, I thought to myself, why would I pay $4,000 for a newly made USA Frontier when I can get a vintage one for close to that same price. And the vintage ones have a very signature sound. They're dry, they're woody, but they maintain this wonderful articulation. Uh, it, it's, it's a sound to be heard. So let's, let's do that. Let's hear it in the hands of one of my favorite singer-songwriters, Phoebe Bridgers. Here's a vintage Epiphone Frontier. Let's go way down in price for the number seven spot. Coming in at number seven is the Epiphone L00 Studio, costing $429. This is an inexpensive blues machine. It's a smaller bodied guitar with a solid spruce top, laminate mahogany back and sides. It's got this wonderful bark, this wonderful focus and projection, and it costs way less than its Gibson counterpart. Now, that being said, I do wanna mention this. You know. A lot of these Epiphones that are made overseas, I would recommend getting a setup on. This is not a dig at the brand. This is just based on my personal experience. A lot of times these guitars aren't set up all that great. And with a small tweak in the setup, you can get an inexpensive guitar that sounds better, that plays better. So just, just keep that in mind. Now I want you to hear this L00 Studio. I think you'll be pretty fascinated at its sound because it has a distinct finger style sound. And if you look at the cost and you hear the guitar, you might think, Maybe this guitar sounds pretty darn good for 429 bucks. That's my personal opinion. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Coming in at number six is the Epiphone Masterbuilt J45. This guitar costs $699, and it has everything you would want from a J45 at a much lower price. Solid spruce top, solid mahogany back and sides, slope shoulder design, that more comfortable shorter scale length, 24.9 inches. And the sound is warm and woody, a great songwriting companion. Now I will say this, the headstock is different, and it's kind of a, um, uh, J45, J50 hybrid, just because of the pickguard. Um, but nonetheless, a very, very well-designed guitar, a very good sounding guitar. Let's go ahead and hear the Epiphone Masterbuilt J45.
The number five spot is held by an oddball. It's a guitar that I don't believe is in production anymore. However, I think it should be because it's unique. Coming in at number five is the Epiphone Olympic. Now this guitar was part of Epiphone's Century series and you can find them used right now for, I wanna say in a range between 599 to maybe 700 bucks. Um, this is an arch top guitar, a smaller bodied arch top acoustic guitar. Um, you likely have heard a guitar like this before in the hands of Dave Rawlings. If you've listened to any Gillian Welch album, Dave, Rawling Dave David Rawlings plays an Epiphone Olympic, a vintage one. And it has this wonderful chunk, this wonderful almost, um, um, palatable brashness. Um, it has this cutting power. It's a very distinct sound. Now, I will say this. This guitar does not sound like a vintage Epiphone Olympic by any means. This guitar is rather reserved. It's very tight. And I believe that's because it's a newer archtop instrument. Uh, that being the case, I think if you give a guitar like this some time, um, it will warm up. It will develop some character. Um, but given the price, I think it's a pretty decent risk to take. Uh, that being said, let's go ahead and listen to the Epiphone Olympic. Now remember, this is a newly built Epiphone Olympic from the uh, Century series that Epiphone did some years ago. I don't believe it's in production anymore. So if you're looking for a guitar like this, it will be on the used market. The number four spot is held by what I think is one of the better starter guitars on the market today. The Epiphone DR100, coming in at 169 bucks. This is a dreadnought size guitar, so it is a little bit bigger, definitely not for kids, definitely not for a smaller framed player, but for 169 bucks, you can get a great starter instrument. This is one I would say that a setup is mandatory on. I don't think the QC is super awesome with these lower priced instruments. However, with a good setup, this guitar is a fantastic starter instrument, very much like the Epiphone Pro one that I put in the number 10 spot. This is in the number four spot because I have way more experience with this guitar. I used to sell these guitars when I worked at various music stores, Music Villa namely, and um, everybody was really happy with this instrument. Again, especially after a setup. So let's go ahead and give the Epiphone DR100 a listen. Coming in at number three is an Epiphone instrument made in Bozeman, Montana. 
Yes, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Gibson factory here in Bozeman is making some USA made Epiphone guitars and the guitar coming in at the number three spot is one of them. It is a USA made Epiphone Texan. This guitar costs $2,849. I think the Epiphone Texan is a very significant guitar when it comes to music history. I mean, we're talking Paul McCartney here. Uh, he made the Epiphone Texan I think rather famous. I believe he wrote Blackbird on an Epiphone Texan. I'm pretty sure. You don't have to quote me on that. Please don't slam me in the comments if that's not correct. I'm just going off of uh, my, my vague memory here. Nonetheless, uh, this guitar is killer. All solid wood made in the Bozeman factory. But check this out. The reason this is on my list is because it is like a J45. However, it has a longer scale length, 25 and a half inch scale length. So you get a little bit more power out of the Texan. You get a little bit more of that, that tighter string feel. So you can pull more volume and ultimately produce more tone out of this instrument. And uh, the folks at Chicago Music Exchange did a fantastic demo of this. Uh, shout out to Josh D. He's actually in this video and he sold me a guitar on my most recent trip to Chicago. So it's really cool to see him play. And now you get a chance to not only see him play, but you get a chance to also hear the USA made Epiphone Texan. Coming in at number two is an actual vintage Epiphone Olympic. Now you can find these truly vintage instruments for right around two to $3,000. And I wanna say they're worth every penny. However, I also will say this, it comes with a little star, a little caveat. A lot of these vintage Olympics need work. Okay, uh, so don't feel like you're gonna go find a vintage Olympic and you won't have to do anything to it. You won't have to maintain it. You won't have to fix anything. A lot of these have top cracks. A lot of these guitars come with their issues. However, I think the sound that you get out of them is worth some of the hassle. Uh, and again, I'll reference uh, Gillian Welch. If you listen to any Gillian Welch rec recordings, David Rawlings plays a vintage Epiphone Olympic and it sounds otherworldly. There's no guitar that sounds like this instrument. Now, I referenced the, the Epiphone Olympic in number five, and the guitar I was referencing in that number five spot is a newly made Olympic. I'm talking about a truly vintage Olympic here, and you need to hear one, and honestly, you need to hear one in David Rawlings' hands. So, here it is. Here we are at the number one spot, my favorite Epiphone of all time, and it is one that is not made anymore, but it is not vintage. You can get this guitar for, uh, I wanna say $800 or more, somewhere between $800 and $1,100 maybe. It is, coming in at number one, is the AJ500RCSNS. This is an Epiphone Masterbuilt. Let me go ahead and read the full name. The Epiphone Masterbuilt AJ500RCSNS. Now, this guitar, to the best of my knowledge, was produced, I wanna say right around 2009, 2010, 
2011, somewhere in there. And I wanna say this was on the first wave of the Epiphone Masterbuilts. I remember getting these guitars when I was working at the Old Town School of Folk Music, and this guitar stood out to me in a big, bad way. This is a 12-fret guitar with a solid cedar top. Um, absolutely stunning instrument. Now, I do believe these are not very easy to find. Um, I found a couple of used ones, but they've sold already. So if you get a chance to play one of these guitars, if you get a chance to purchase one of these guitars, I think you should. Uh, 12 fret guitar, slotted headstock, a classic look, and killer, 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 three killers, uh, killer tone out of this instrument. The cedar top does this wonderful thing to the larger body where it just warms it up and kind of creates these wonderfully round, beautiful notes. Um, I could go on describing this instrument forever. It definitely made its mark on me, but I want it to make its mark on you. So let's go ahead and give the Epiphone Masterbuilt, I wanna get the numbers right, AJ500RCSNS a listen. Okay, there's my 10 favorite Epiphone acoustic guitars, but I wanna know what your favorite Epiphone acoustic guitar is. So in the comments below, please let me know. All right, all right, all right. It's time to go ahead and take out your guitar. So put your comment in the comments below and then go ahead and grab your guitar. It's time to see what the TAC family is working on today. See, every day within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we focus on one of the five essential categories of guitar improvement. On Mondays, it's a technique challenge. Tuesdays, a guitar lick challenge. Wednesdays, an improvisation challenge. Thursdays, a rhythm guitar challenge. And Fridays, a chord transition challenge. <sighs> Whew, that's a lot of challenges. Uh, one for each day of the week, of course. And Tuesdays is a guitar lick challenge. And here's what the TAC family is working on today. Your Tuesday TAC guitar lick challenge is entitled Fire Up the Chimney. Why? Because this entire week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we're honoring summer grilling. One of the best pastimes ever, period, ever. You've got hot coals, you got a grill, you got steaks, burgers, brats, it's amazing. That has nothing to do with the musical theme though. Uh, the musical theme this week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge is using hammer-ons. Using hammer-ons in your rhythm guitar playing, in your solo guitar playing, and in guitar licks such as the one I'm about to show you. So be on the lookout for hammer-ons. You really can't miss them. Okay, here's how the lick sounds. It's a nice bouncy lick that kind of gives you a sampling of the entire D major scale. But how do you use this in a musical context? I'm gonna show you. We're actually gonna split this right down the middle, use the first half to change from a D to a G chord, and the second half to change from a G to a D chord. But first, TAC fam, if you wanna learn this note for note, please log in. This is your daily challenge. Click on Start Challenge. That'll take you right away to the teaching video. Once you get it under your, once you get it under your fingers and you're familiar with it, you can move to the play along video. Pick a speed that's comfortable for you, and don't forget to click that tab icon in the lower right-hand corner so you can 
can see how it's written and you can play along with it. Okay, so how do you use this? Well, as I mentioned, we're gonna use this as a chord transition. Let's go ahead and chop it in half. What I'm gonna do first is play a D chord and then use the ch first chunk of this lick and go to a G chord. That will sound like this. Now you're gonna notice I played my D chord a little strange. All that does is it frees up fretting fingers. So if you wanna play the D chord different, that's totally fine. That's just the way I choose to play it for this particular lick, for this particular, for this particular approach. Okay, so that's the first chunk. Let's go ahead and look at the second half of this, and all we're using this for is to change from that G chord back to a D chord. It's a little bouncy, it involves some string skipping, but it creates this wonderful flow and does indeed lead the listener and your fellow guitar players back to a D chord from a G. Here's how that would sound. Again, just another way to move from one chord to another. Do you have to do this? No. Does it add some really cool dimension and flow to your chord changes? Absolutely. And all you're doing is inserting these wonderful one measure licks. So I hope you enjoy this and I hope it gave you some perspective on how you can use these licks in your playing. Not just, again, as I present them, but as ways to spice up other areas of your playing, maybe launch you in a different creative direction. Okay. Uh, before we get back to the show, I want to talk about something that seems so simple, yet it's so difficult to achieve. And I'm going to give you a recipe for success right here, right now. Consistency is key to your progress. Yes, on paper it makes sense. Yes, saying it out loud, it makes sense. But consistency is truly difficult. It can truly be difficult, number one, if you don't have a guitar routine. What is a guitar routine? A guitar routine is a habit. So here's the three-step process to make a habit. And not only just make a habit, but make the habit stick. Number one, you need an anchor moment. Something that happens regularly throughout the day. Eating lunch, eating dinner, pouring your first cup of coffee, coming home from work, setting your keys on the table, something that happens all the time without fail. Taking your, you know, taking pills or vitamins before you go to bed, taking pills or vitamins in the morning. Something that you always do. To that anchor moment, you attach the habit that you want to do. In this case, it's guitar playing. And not only do you attach that habit, you make the habit tiny enough. You have to strip down the habit to something that is ridiculously simple, that seems almost preposterous. For Tony's Acoustic Challenge members, I encourage you to simply open your guitar case and sit down with your guitar. You don't even play it. Sit down with your guitar. Because you know what, if you do that, there's a, an extremely high likelihood that you'll do something on the guitar if you quite simply sit in a chair and hold it. So yes, it's ridiculous, but it's tiny enough to where you can actually fit it in your busy day. Anchor moment, tiny habit. The final step in securing that habit, really locking it in and making sure that it, it, um, it becomes a regular thing is celebrating the habit. When you finish that tiny habit, when you have that anchor moment, you sit down and do your tiny habit, you celebrate that when you're done. Celebrate it, because what that does is it makes you feel good about what you just did. And if you feel good about what you just did, then you're more likely to do it again. 
and this might sound like woo-woo, hokey-hokey stuff, this is actually scientifically backed, uh, a la B.J. Fogg in his book Tiny Habits. B.J. is a, a habit science professor at Stanford University, and this is his recipe, and he actually tested it, and it actually works. It shows a far more increase in, in people actually starting and maintaining their habits. So, anchor moment tiny habit and celebrate that habit when you finish it. I guarantee you that's a fantastic recipe for your success, for your guitar journey success. All right, it's time to go back in time. And to be honest, I need some coffee for this. Um, this mug is empty, and uh, but I need to leave it up because it looks cool and I want you to purchase one of these mugs if, if, you, if you want one. It says, be nice and play guitar, pretty snazzy. A very great guitar geek item you can find at the TonyPolacastro.com forward slash shop. But this, this segment is not about this mug. It's about the fact that I need coffee. So I had to bring in my backup mug for this. Uh, we're gonna go back to episode 231 where I talked about Taylor Swift and the guitar lessons that you could learn from her. If you have not checked out that episode, I strongly recommend it, if not just for the comment section. You wanna talk about ruffling some feathers? Holy cow. Talk, uh, just, just say that Taylor Swift is a guitar hero and that will immediately polarize everyone watching the Acoustic Tuesday show. Um, but I wanna dig into a few of those comments because they brought up some wonderful opportunities for discussion. Uh, but let's go through, yeah, let's go through a few of them right now. Uh, the first one comes from Michelle PSL. She says this, Tony, it took me a while to get around to viewing this Acoustic Tuesday, but I'm so glad I finally did. I'm an older woman who just loves Taylor Swift. I've been a cheerleader for her for quite a while and your 10 Taylor Swift guitar lessons were awesome and confirmed and cemented my thoughts about her. Thank you for respecting and not dissing her like so many do. And they're just probably jealous. Uh, thank you for the comment, Michelle. Um, let's just, just, I'm gonna just keep ran, I'm gonna keep rambling through, rambling through? I guess that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna keep uh, running through these comments here. The next one comes from Jimmy Wills. He says this, thanks for this episode, Tony. I have two daughters who not only love Taylor, but took me to see her in concert a few years ago. As a music enthusiast, former music industry geek, and still budding guitarist, I've been to thousands of concerts and must admit, that her concert was one of the best I've ever seen. But I digress. Although I've always respected her songwriting, I never paid attention to her guitar playing until now. There are definitely a few takeaways from this episode. Thanks. Thank you for your comment, Jimmy. Um, also, I wanna mention, uh, the, very selfishly, I wanted to bring more attention to that Taylor Swift episode because you know, I just wanna have an open invite to Taylor Swift if she ever wants to come on the Acoustic Tuesday show, hang out, talk guitars. Montana's a beautiful place. I'm sure you'd love to visit, um, so you probably should. And if you're here, Taylor, at any point in time, the uh, Acoustic Tuesday Studios door is always open for you to come in and maybe host a show, maybe sit down and chat with me. Um, yes, this is my pathetic attempt to get Taylor Swift on the show. She likely will never even see this message. I digress, let's dive back into the comments. The next one comes from L. Scott Music. He says this, lesson number 11, Taylor, very, very early on, mastered relating to her audience with love and honesty. Indeed, this is the main key to her success. I think that's a great lesson. You know, if you look at Taylor's performances, whether they're in stadiums or smaller format performances, acoustic performances, which is kind of what I focused on um, in that particular show, uh, they're awesome, and she has this, this wonderful ability to connect with the audience very quickly. Um, 
So I think that vulnerability is is definitely working for obviously working for her. I, I don't. She doesn't need the validation from me. Um, okay, let's move on to a few more comments here, and we're gonna get to some controversial ones. Uh, but this next one comes from Magnetic Inc. It says this. I'm not a fan of the genre she produces, but I'm a huge fan of her songwriting, accomplishments, musicianship, and as a professional. Huge respect for Taylor Swift. I never looked this closely at her guitar work and really glad you brought my attention to this. Thank you for the comment. Now let's get controversial. Jake Miner says this. Geez, Tone, better rest that shoulder. Quite a reach. Wah, wah, wah. I guess I can't win them all. However, this brings me to the final comment I want to discuss. And I think this touches on a very important topic, extremely important topic. It comes from Ben MTZ. The comment is this, if Taylor Swift is a guitar hero, what does that make of Tommy Emmanuel? Laughy, cry e-face, and some other emoji that I still don't know what it means, but it's kind of a laughy one. And I read this comment, and at first, I kind of laughed too, because, you know, you look at Tommy Emanuel and his guitar playing, and you look at Taylor Swift and her guitar playing, and they're, they're very clearly different. Um, but, Ben, I want to answer your comment with a question, and that is this. What are the criteria of a guitar hero? Because judging by the comment, it seems that there is a defined amount of criteria for a guitar hero. Something that we've all agreed upon that makes a guitar hero a guitar hero. So Ben, if you're watching the show, please go ahead and list the criteria of a guitar hero in the comments below. Because to the best of my knowledge, guitar hero, guitar hero is a very subjective term. And I think it's very scary territory to wade into. Yes, I think Tommy Emmanuel is a guitar hero for sure. I also think Taylor Swift is a guitar hero because she has influenced and inspired a whole new wave of musicians. And to me, that is quite heroic. Anyways, I thought it was very interesting to open up that discussion. Uh, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Let's open up the Taylor Swift discussion yet again. Is she a guitar hero? If so, what are the criteria of a guitar hero? Plain and simple, I wanna know what the definition of a guitar hero is go ahead and chime way in in the comments below. All right, uh, I wanna go ahead and move on to some acoustic news you can use. And uh, there's a lot of stuff coming up here. The first one is an announcement from Benjamin Todd. Now, he just announced that he is releasing a new album on September 23rd. The album title, Songs I Swore I'd Never Sing. And you can pre-order this album right now. I strongly recommend that you do so. If you know who Benjamin Todd is, you know you're in for a treat. Talking about vulnerability and just opening up and being a songwriter that bears it all, Benjamin Todd is that. But check this out. If you've never heard Benjamin Todd before, you absolutely have to. Now, I wanna share with you a song that he recently um, did, a, did a recording for, Not Coming Home is the name of the song. I don't know if this is on the upcoming album. I couldn't find out that information. However, it's a song you need to hear, especially if you've never heard Benjamin Todd before. Here it is. Can you give me all I need the innocence and purity I crave I've been climbing desperately to a mountaintop I haven't seen for days and on a 
this life I simply can't sustain Coming home today all right, moving on to a very interesting guitar find. You know, guitar repair people find weird stuff inside guitars all the time. However, I think this find takes the cake. This was posted by National Guitars. They were uh, fixing a very old resonator instrument and what attaches the neck to the metal body is a wooden rod that runs through the length of the instrument. Now, this guitar had an interesting thing happened to that that wooden rod or a piece of wood um, well you'll see what I mean here when you look at this video <gasps> yep termites termites found their way into this resonator guitar and it was a place that well it resonated with them so uh, they made it their home <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, are you are you sick of my dad jokes yet? I'm getting really good at them. Uh, I found this this post by Adam Grant. Now I've brought up Adam Grant numerous times on the Acoustic Tuesday show because he always makes these posts that nail it. They nail it when it comes to life, but they also nail it when it comes to your guitar journey. So I want to share this with you. Adam says this: Progress isn't always about getting better. Sometimes it's about bouncing back. Success is not only the peaks you reach, it's the valleys you conquer. Every experience of enduring adversity and overcoming obstacles is a meaningful accomplishment. Resilience is a form of growth. And with that post was an illustration done by Liz Foslian, who um, I thought illustrated this masterfully. Um, and, and I wanted to share this with you because, you know, on your guitar journey, we get very future focused about the goals we want to achieve and, and, and reaching those goals is amazing. But in all reality, life dishes us out quite a few curveballs, and sometimes setbacks happen and that's okay. A lot of times these setbacks can deter us and cause lapses in guitar playing for weeks, sometimes months at a time. Coming back from those lapses, coming back from those breaks, is just as celebration worthy as reaching your goals is. And I thought this post did a great job of illustrating that. So a uh, huge thanks to Adam Grant for always offering up timely guitar advice, whether you realize it or not. Um, let's see, next up on my list, oh my goodness. And my buddy sent me this and I don't even, I don't even know if I can find it right here. Uh, yeah, I can, uh, I'm gonna pull this up for you. My buddy sent me this and he says, I've never seen anything like this, to which I replied, neither have I. This individual used a fishing reel to strum the guitar, to do like a really cool tremolo effect on the guitar. I don't know how you think of something like this, but this individual did. Let's check it out. Next up on my news list is an artist you need to hear paired with a guitar that you need to hear. The guitar, a Recording King RD-328. The artist, Sterling Drake. His voice is, <sighs> wow, his voice is wow. That's all I have to say about that. Um, and the guitar, the guitar's voice is, is wow. Uh, Recording King, if you're listening, love to get my hands on one of these guitars. Um, 
I know they're not all that expensive, and that's what wowed me the most about this instrument. But nonetheless, the combination of Sterling and this Recording King RD-238, uh, 328, sorry, 328, is magical. So let's go ahead and listen right now. I don't want your rambling letters. Don't want your picture in a frame. All I want is you in person. Won't you let me change your name? Mama said you'd come on soon. Papa warned me not to wait. Right? Pretty awesome. I mean, Sterling sounds incredible. Strongly recommend checking out his music, his voice. Ugh, his voice is so, so good. And uh, that guitar, right? I mean, for an inexpensive guitar, we've talked a lot about inexpensive guitars today. I think that one is uh, um, one I think we all should try. Um, pretty much floored me, gotta be honest. Okay, our, our last news item for today is a, a, it's just a picture that I found that was Oh, it's just beautiful. Stunning, stunning instruments. Lame horse guitars. I'm not super familiar with them. However, I will be after doing some research because I was prompted by this picture. Uh, the turquoise inlay on the end block of this guitar, I've never seen anything like it. And then you look at the lining of the guitar. I've never seen anything like it. You know. Beauty is often reserved for the outside of the guitar, but here, Lame Horse Guitars is putting beauty inside the guitar as well. Something I just uh, was striking, and I wanted to share it with you because, well, I just have never seen anything like it, and chances are you may have not seen anything like it before either. And I think on those uh, beautiful notes, on those notes that these future guitars may make, I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. I'm clearly caffeinated uh, to all get out. So yeah, it's time to wrap up the show for today. But first, let's take a sneak peek into next week. And holy smokes, have I got a show for you next week. I know I say that a lot, but next week is going to be a dandy. Next week, we're going to learn some guitar lessons from none other than Coulter Wall. Yes, we're going to look at Coulter Wall's playing style, and I'm going to take out some nuggets so that you can apply them to your own guitar journey. Uh, Coulter Wall has a very interesting playing style, very much folk-derived, and I cannot wait to share my findings with you. So again, you can take these lessons and add them to your own guitar journey, to your own playing repertoire. That's happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Wow, this is a great day, isn't it? Uh, that's happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time right here on YouTube. One more thing before you go, please do remember this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Thank you so much for being a guitar geek. And I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers and, gu che cheers and guitar geeks unite. <laughs>